Welcome to the February 2012 edition of Ordinary Means. I'm your host, Sean Nolan, here with Matt Bowling. Hey, Sean. How are you? He is. Hey, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, you ready to talk about prayer and kids? Yes, absolutely. I like to pray. Like to, I and do you like kids? Too. That's that's the question. Do you like kids? I do uh, like kids, and, and I like kids praying too. And you like kids praying. I, that's that's essentially what we covered last month. Uh, if you're just tuning in for the first time, uh, over the past months we've been doing a series we call uh, "Kids in the, or Parenting the Ordinary Means." That's what we call it. I was going to call it "Kids and Something." This is the <laughs> we call it we call it Sesame Ordinary Means, Ordinary <laughs> Means Street. No, it doesn't work, does it? Doesn't work. We no. need like we need Try like El- we need Elmo announcing this show. Mm. Hello and welcome to Ordinary Means. <laughs> um, you should hear my. I have a daughter, Joy, who's almost two, and she'll. We have a portable TV that sometimes she'll get to watch a video on if the boys are trying to do school and my wife's trying to remain sane, and um, and she'll kind of point to it and go, Elmo, Elmo. <laughs> it's really <laughs> cute. Uh, don't you love it? We see, yeah, we were, uh, our kids were in the whole Blue's Clues. Yes. You remember that too. Yours had Blue's yep. Clues too. Yep. So, I remember that. Yeah, I don't think my kids, maybe it was when it was on, They. I don't think they ever watched Sesame Street. Not like I did when I was a kid. Did you watch Sesame yeah, Street as a kid? No, I did. Yep. Captain did. Kangaroo. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, um, well, you know, I, every kid's now it's, um, well, no, we've moved past Dora. I don't know what it is now. Do you know what it is now? Mm-mm. Okay. Well, no. you should, we're a couple It'll old, so welcome to sure. the old Ordinary Means podcast, a couple old fogies <laughs> talking about kids' shows. Um, we, over the past months, we've been talking about parenting the ordinary means. How do we, if, if the word of God uh, the sacraments, baptism, and the Lord's Supper, prayer are so vitally important to the life of the church. Uh, how do we make those important to our kids? How do we um, integrate those into the life of our kids, for lack of a better verb? Talking about teaching our kids to pray, as we did last month, we asked the question, why, or, or should we even do it? Uh, should we wait until they've made a profession of faith? And of course, the answer throughout church history has been no. You, they're they're kids of the covenant. They're they're kids of Christians. You, they have the wonderful blessing of being born into a Christian family. Teach them. Well, and that we're discipling them from the start, and we don't. We, we of course are praying that they'll be converted at some point. But um, discipleship. This is a, this is. It's actually helpful for people in the culture as well, and the increasing paganization of our culture is that discipleship is from the beginning, that the way we even do evangelism with regular people, much less our own kids, is a teaching style. We're teaching them all the time, you know, yeah. and, and uh, we're anticipating that God will work in them and, uh, you know, by the Holy Spirit, by the preaching of the gospel, sometimes the gospel that they'll repeat from their own lips before it, it has deep meaning to them yet. Yeah. One of the things we, we have to admit, I, I think... You, you're getting at this, Matt, is that uh, the kids are not going to pray. Our kids are not going to pray if they don't see us praying. That's, mm, that's, you know, that's the point that every, um, you know, every family conference you've ever been to, that's the point, is if you're not doing it, um, your kids aren't going to do it. They, they're watching you, whether you realize it or not. Uh, a, group, uh, a group of men from our church recently went to 
a, a, a just a local uh, half day conference on youth ministry. And mm. the thing that struck us all about this was he spent the whole time talking about all of the elements of youth culture, but zero time saying if your youth don't have good mentors, that's a problem. I mean, he really seemed to be saying if, if you're in touch with what they like, Lady Gaga, Katy Perry at all, um, if you're in touch with that, you, if the youth pastor is in touch with that, you'll be okay. Where he just missed the whole chunk of who has the influence in children's lives. Mm. It's the parent, and if and if Absolutely. you if you don't have that relationship with God, you're you're not going to be your kids aren't going to pray. You could teach them to pray, you could command them to pray, and they'll do it because they're kids. And, and you know that's maybe that's something we can talk about. Is um, children come in different stages? There's a reason that you're not spanking your 18 year old. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I direct you to uh, Ted Tripp's books on this are very helpful in terms of thinking through um, what we're doing in terms of discipline in age-specific ways. Uh, you know, there's a reason we spank the little ones, because we're, we're teaching them a lesson. And mm-hmm. it's a lesson that then they will apply Trying to get later. their attention in Ted Tripp's yeah. language. Trying to get their attention that they've stepped out of the circle of blessing. Yep. 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 Um, you know, same thing if you – uh, you know, when somebody's about to fall in a fire, you might grab their wrist in a – and, and – yank them back to the point they feel their uh their shoulder coming out um and they but the you know the complaint might come ow you hurt my shoulder <laughs> and you know the reply is yes but i saved you from the fire <laughs> mm-hmm. you're you are still very much alive um thank you very much the uh so so with prayer we we have to understand that i think that's the foundation if 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 you as a parent do not have a relationship with christ where you are talking with him uh your kids won't they'll they'll do what you say at those younger ages when they're sponges when they know that it's right to obey but as they get older they'll see the hypocrisy in our in our lives and and they won't follow that direction um I have, an inter- I have an interesting story, uh, kind of the opposite of that. Okay. Uh, my, my mom was not a Christian when she taught me to pray. Hmm. Um, she had been raised in, uh, you know, in a Christian, she had a Christian upbringing, uh, but she was not a believer. Uh, but she knew I needed something. And uh, as, as, uh, as you know, Matt, my mom was, my mom was blind and, and had some medical right. issues where she, you know, she she wasn't out and about. We didn't go to church, uh, but she felt I should have some church. And I remember at a young age, her saying, "Would you like to learn the Lord's Prayer?" Hmm. And I said, "Sure." And so she would <laughs> she teach me a couple lines. You memorize these, pray these, and tomorrow, you know, tomorrow night I'll I'll teach you the rest. And I remember saying, "Mom, I want to learn the whole thing," because <laughs> I was a sponge, hmm. right? Okay, I I mm-hmm. wanted that. And God used that as a piece of my life you, where I knew from a very young age that the way you related to this God was prayer. Mm. And, you know, so now as a non-Christian, many of my prayers were exceedingly selfish. Right. Uh, but they were prayers. Mm-hmm. They, were, they were relating to this God. So 
there was a sense in which my my mom didn't show hypocrisy. She was not a believer, but she thought I needed something <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and gave it to me. So the the reverse is also true. God God works in marvelous and mysterious ways. Now, what we want to deal with today is the nitty gritty of this. You you're a Christian. You're committed to the ordinary means. You have a prayer life. Um, how do you get that into your kids? Mm. Uh, now, there's a fine line to begin with, because you, you, Jesus says we're to pray in our closet, and yet our kids need to see us in prayer. This is a hard thing, because I, I have a, I, you and I haven't talked about this, but my, one of the ways that I have found, um, and this really struck me probably a year and a half ago. It, it, one of the ways that that I found is that if I don't pray first in the day, I'm done for. I just don't. I won't. I won't stop and pray. My brain's nonstop. I'm just very high activity person, and I, if I don't put in a sustained prayer before the day starts, then I, I know that I won't. I'll put in little popcorn prayers. I'll put in prayers between a few between things and pray before I go to an appointment. As I'm reading something, I might praise the Lord for something that I read or stop and meditate and pray about it. But but in terms of sustained prayer list, who should I be praying for, who has needs, you know, kind of thing. If I don't pray in the beginning of the day, that is, uh, that's in the dark at 530 while I'm still laying in bed. Because if I get out of bed, my brain's going to go. So nobody sees that. Only my wife knows that I do that. And now you and our three listeners. But the kids have no consciousness of that because they're not going to be up for an hour and a half. They have no idea that I'm laying there in bed praying. Yeah. Um, And so that's a tension there. Um, but but we'll relieve that tension because I'm sure you've got a way to do it. But I feel that tension in a way that I didn't before this conversation. Like, do my kids know that I have that prayer habit? Do, do, they, do they know, know what that... I pray about there and why and how important it is to me and why I've chosen to do it then and there? And, you know, uh, uh, am I discipling them? And the answer is no. Mm-hmm. They have no idea. Well, yeah, I no see, idea. I'm in a similar situation. You know, when I, I'm, I pray, I pray at the office. I'm a pastor, you know, so right. my office, I have a, I have a, pillow I can kneel on and pray. Um, my my wife, and see, this is why you always read in biographies of great men of God, they always say something about the spirituality of their mother, because mm. I think mm-hmm. it's their mother that they see. Yes. Dad, by, by very nature of us being dad, we've got to be taking care of our family by being out working and sometimes that means leaving early and coming back late. Right. Um, so they they see their mother and I, uh, we, we recently did a, um, a remodel of a, we had an old office downstairs it was a school, what we called the school room for years, then it was a storage room and it was just a, a thing, been around for 50 years, uh, badly paneled, um, no insulation and, and last year we we tore it all out and we redid the room, uh, put up drywall, insulated. and uh, But one of the things we did is we said, this room is, is a special room. This is for guests. It's by our downstairs guest bathroom. And um, and it's for mom. <laughs> because we call it, it's it's painted coffee colored, which you'll, you will appreciate, Matt. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, it is painted coffee colored. We call it the bean room. And... Uh, this is where mom goes at five in the morning, prepares for the women's Bible study she teaches. 
mm-hmm. um, praise, uh, worries, <laughs> uh, whatever it is God needs her to do that morning. This is where she goes. And see, I can say all this because she's not, she's not sitting here. She, it, and I don't think either of our wives listen to the podcast. No. So uh, they won't be embarrassed by this. Um, so she does all this. And, and as the morning comes on, I'm like you. I actually do the same thing you do, Matt. I wake up in the morning and immediately the brain starts going. Well, s- slowly the brain starts going. You need your coffee. I don't even need coffee. I just – I wake up and <laughs> – Go. I go. Yeah. Um, but – but the body isn't ready yet to get out of bed. And I do find that some of my most prayerful times are just lying there in bed in the morning, um, just talking to God about the day, mm-hmm. talking to him about my, you know, about my worries, what's going on. So, so, but, but here's, here's my wife in the bean room and slowly each of our four daughters rises uh, and we know the order. It's always the same order. We know who gets up first, who gets up last, and who is still in mm-hmm. bed when breakfast is on the table. Um, right. And uh, and they come down and they and they know this is mom's personal time. She's mm-hmm. praying. She's studying God's word, and they and they're figuring out this is important. Um. So we've got to model it. I think maybe that's the first point we have to make about the application of prayer to our kids is that we've got mm. to model it. Um, yeah, absolutely. Now, young kids, first time prayers ever come up, okay, your child's just begin to talk. You know, maybe you've, maybe you've done the first catechism question, who made you, and they can say, God, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Dog. No, no, not dog. It's God. Um, God. Okay. So they've said, they've said that. And, you know, here we are, you're, you know, you're sitting on mom and dad's lap. We're going to, we're going to pray. We're going to pray before bed. We're going to teach you to say your prayers at bedtime. And, um, you know, praying, I think a very natural way, as natural as praying before the dinner, praying before meals, uh, is praying before bed. It just mm-hmm. it just flows. Absolutely, it works. It works really well. Um, you know, kneeling with our kids, uh, you know, praying for them. I think in the beginning, but then including them in those prayers. You know, as young kids, not worrying about what they're saying. <laughs> you know, we've we you, we've all been there as parents, where the kids are like, and thank you for this. Playmobil and that Playmobil and the other Playmobil and the and oh and the red Playmobil and for and then they start naming their stuffed animals. They you know thank you for uh, whatever the stuffed animal. I was going to start making up stuffed animal names. Thank you for Elmo. Okay, and knowing that's okay, mm-hmm. I think is important for parents to realize at the beginning. Right, is that that you're honesty. just trying to get convinced that that you. You can just talk to God. Yeah, and I think that's going to be easier for this generation. I think this generation is based uh, very much on a on a, a strong sense of justice and honesty, and not not just playing Christian games. Um, whereas there are generations before, whereas if you prayed, it had to be in King James English. Mm-hmm. And um, there's been I, th- I there's been a change, and I think it's been. 
um, a, a good change, as long as we recognize that when grandma and grandpa pray and, they're, and they say thy and thou, uh, that's okay. That's how they pray. That's how they know to talk to God. That's how they learn to talk to God. Um, in fact... And that's not a big deal. Yeah, yeah. I, and in fact, we can learn from that. This is why we need... Uh, maybe that's another example of mentoring. They need to see their grand, you know, their grandparents praying. They need to see that this Christianity thing. If you have a line of godly people in your family, um, you know, they, they need to be involved. When grandma and grandpa come over, you know, do you not read the Bible at the dinner table because you have, or when you have guests, do you not pray because um, you have guests, or you know, it's bedtime and the guests are still there? Do you say, well, you know, you, you go to bed, you say your prayers. I'm going to be out here with the guests. You know, because mm-hmm. that's mentoring something. It's teaching something. It's saying right. that there are things more important than God. And and we don't want them to think that. Right. Uh, when Absolutely. you go on vacation, does, well, does I think that there's God a... stop, you know? Yep. And I think that oh, that's actually a hard one for us. But because um, you're, you're, you're out of routine, so you have your yeah. routines that help you keep your, your good habits. But um so I think this is one of the things we mentioned Ted Tripp a little bit earlier, but this is one of the things I've really appreciated about Ted Tripp and his perspective on parenting or whatever is I think that the most uh, instructive times for our kids to learn about praying is when we've had to discipline them. You know, that could be a young kid where you've had to spank them or an older kid where you've had to sit down and say, well, why did you lie? Or why didn't you do what I told you? Or, you know, it, but it's to sit there and for you to lead your child in prayer the leading in prayer is not about how my child is such a bad sinner and, you know, kind of pointing the finger, but just to say, this is just what daddy's like. And I might do this in a more dressed up way and a a nicer way. That's not so obvious, but this is why we need Jesus. And that kids learn early that prayer is not just about stuff I want, but it's about me and Jesus. It's about that. There's a battle going on in my own heart. There's a battle going on in the world. Um, And that, that some of that modeling prayer is your, modeling for a kid to be able to take his heart before the Lord, which is really the most crucial thing he's able to do because it's what he's going to have to be equipped to do the rest of his life. You and I both put a strong emphasis in our ministries on family worship. Yeah. Um, That, you know, the time where, whether it's at the dinner table or the breakfast table or wherever it is that you come together as a family, you sing a hymn, you read the Bible, you pray together. But what you're getting at, I think, if I can say this, is more important than family worship. Absolutely it's, it's more the important. Teachab- it's the teachable moments throughout the day. You know, the, the verses that our kids learn and really apply to their lives are not the verses that they necessarily memorize for the family worship. Now, that's important, and I'll tell you why. Because when they're adults, those verses that they memorize as kids... Those mm-hmm. texts that they read as kids in yep. family worship will come back. So yep. that that all is important. Absolutely. Um, it's the same reason why in school, at you know, the elementary levels, they do the rote. They do the re- repetition because mm-hmm. it's important to build that foundation. But those moments during the day when, you know, an ambulance just drove by your house and you never hear sirens where you live. Mm-hmm. Let's stop and pray for that person. Uh, you know, the moments in the day when um, just, you know, a topic comes up, a question comes out of your child's mouth that you can't believe, and you stop everything and just begin talking through that. Um, you know, those moments of uh, emotional 
response. Now I've, you know, with four girls, we, we have a, several of them moving on the teenage years. Um, we have those emotional moments and sometimes the best thing in the emotional moments is, is just to say, you know, we're going to go to bed now and talk about this in the morning. Mm-hmm. But, but sometimes it's, let's, you know, we, we need to pray or what is, you know, what does the Bible say about this? Mm. And those teachable moments are huge for our kids because those are the moments that they learn. I can pray anytime mm-hmm. and, and I should pray anytime. Well, and I think too that, um, you know, it's not it, just a, it's not just a bed and meal time thing. Yes. It, and I think that the, um, Mealtime is important, and and Piper I think has done the best job with the mealtime stuff. I don't know if you've read um, his. I think this is in his wife's book. It's in Noel's book on about traditions. traditions yeah. On traditions, yeah. but they wrote their own mealtime prayers, a rotation of them that are stunning, really, really stunning and helpful because they're serious prayers. They're not perfunctory prayers. Let me just say that that the. Um, the bedtime prayers, I would say, as you teach a kid to look back. So we have a routine with our kids putting them to sleep, even as they get older. I'm hoping we're able to keep this. Tell me about your day. How did it go with your brothers today? How did your school go today? How did how did that – you went to a birthday party today. How did that go? Did you have any conflicts today? One of my children, wonderfully, is now learning to pray for his brothers, even though they're annoying to him. <laughs> That's really helpful praying, and I'm very careful, and, and and this is a hard line to run. I don't want to encourage them, that was a really good prayer. I want to say yeah. amen to their prayers. I don't want to coach them. I want them to learn how to just say them themselves. And, and um, It's the same and way you times, don't want to say that was a really bad prayer. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I think that a lot of times I know more about their day than they think I do because I talk with their mother. And... Um, you know, we might go back to something that was in the day and say, we should really pray about that. We should pray about what was going on in your heart and that, that God would give us hearts that are bent towards other people and not towards ourselves. And um, Teaching them that it's, it's good to talk to God about anything. Absolutely. And sometimes the nighttime prayer, as long again, it's not, ours are not perfunctory. Um, those, that, the nighttime prayer is not perfunctory. It's not just sort of a checkbox to fill. It's serious spiritual time. And one of mine, that's when he wants to talk. And, um, and so that's, that's – um, those are really, really crucial to take that time in the discipling of your kids. You know, we're tired. We want to go to sleep too. But that's – that 15 minutes spent with your kid to talk and to pray, that's discipleship time. It might not be that you got the Bible open over the dinner table and your kid's understanding some fine point of doctrine or understand some story in the Bible better. But – you're really teaching the kid what the intersection is of the relationship with God in terms of praying. And um, if they get that, they get how to understand and apply the gospel, understand the, the gospel deeply and apply it broadly across their life because of the habits that you had praying with them. They're set up for a lifetime. And that's what we're shooting for, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, now let's talk about these. Um, let's move from the uh, the free-flowing prayers of the day uh, to the more formal, the the mealtime prayers. Uh, you said uh, you mentioned Noel Piper's book. Um, another practice uh, that has been used to great effect is 
you know, is the basket on the table with missionary letters. Mm-hmm. Um, another another way to do this is save your Christmas cards, and mm-hmm. so pray, you know, pray through your Christmas cards. Uh, one th- one thing that I've heard folks do at the Christmas time is that each day at the dinner table they pray through the Christmas cards they'd receive that day. They pray for those families. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a point, there is a reason to teach your kids a certain organization, yea, even discipline to prayer. Uh, the Bible tells us to discipline ourselves for the purpose of godliness. And mm. these formal times, see, the tendency of, of this generation now is, gonna, is going to be to tend toward those informal prayers. Mm-hmm. Whereas the formal times are important, too, because they're part of discipline. Mm. They're part of making your time with God regular. How do you, how do you talk regularly to somebody you can't see? Well, the way mm-hmm. you do it is you make a habit of it. Mm-hmm. You discipline yourself to the point till until your whole being understands. You bring your body into submission till it understands that this is vital. Therefore, I must do it. Um, so the, these these are ways. You know, having a basket on the table, having a prayer list on the table, um, going around uh, and saying, uh, okay, I want each of you today, we're going to pray for one friend that we have at school mm-hmm. or or at church. And you just, you know, who are you going to pray for? Okay, who are you going to pray? Okay, you're going to pray for that person. That's good. You pray, pray for that person. Or today, tonight, we're going to pray for family. Okay, you pray for grandma, you pray for grandpa, you pray, and there's, you will always have a child. Can I pray for the dogs? Well, and I think, too, that this is, <laughs> you, you've opened up a good, a good door here, because I think that this is also the place where, um, well, um, let me encourage you towards something and then tell you how you actually help to accomplish it. So hopefully you're envisioning the raising of your children as the raising of missionaries, and, and I don't mean simply foreign missionaries. Certainly you should pray that God might call some of your children. They're very privileged to grow up in a Christian household and have the influence of the gospel, and you shouldn't be so selfish as to think that perhaps God doesn't want them to take somewhere else and take that advantage they've had and bring the gospel somewhere else. So don't pray selfishly that your kids will stay close by so you can enjoy your grandkids. Um, pray that God will use your kids. But all of your kids should be raised to be missionaries, whether they touch on foreign soil or not. And part of the way that they learn to be an ambassador of Christ, what all of us are called to be, um, is that they learn to pray for their non-Christian friends. And that part of the family life's orientation is that we understand that this family's in a spiritual battle and this family is here set by God in this neighborhood with these neighbors, with these friends, with these people, because these people need Jesus. And so we need to pray for them. And that can pretty dramatically change the prayer life of a family when the family gets gets beyond simply praying for our own family for our own selfish things and we and we jump into the battle as a family in prayer and sometimes that's tough we have people that you know that we get along with the parents well but the kids are hard to take because they come from unbelieving families and our kids are like i don't really want to spend time with that kid because he's a pain and he's selfish and he wants everything and and uh, we have to say, um, yeah, you're right. People are like that sometimes, but they need Jesus. And so we live self-sacrificially 
for their sake, for the glory of God and the hopes that God will call them to himself through the gospel on our lips and through our prayers. And that's something that a lot of kids need to learn because they're basically raised, especially in our circles where, you know, some of us would homeschool our kids in kind of a bubble and not really around unbelievers. And so they never really learn to pray with a heart of compassion for people that are broken and that don't know Jesus. And I think that's the reason that today dawned is that Jesus is still saving people. I'm fairly sure about that. I, I could be wrong, but I'm fairly sure about that. And that's learned. It is learned. At it's that, learned from at mom the and table, dad. or wherever you, or in your living room. Yeah. As you're, as you're praying for people, as you are reading missionary letters and praying for those missionaries. Mm-hmm. That's that's where these these lessons are learned. Absolutely. Um, that's good. That's very good. Um, that's we've always, as a family, said we want to, even if we never touch on foreign soil, we want to live as missionaries. Mm-hmm. This world is not our home. Right. And so before we leave, before we head home, we want to take as many folks home with us. Absolutely. Um, how about, uh, we just have a few minutes left here. How about um, kinds of prayer? That we need to teach our kids. This is, you know, with children, it's it's great. You can um, address different types of prayer at different times. Like you could spend, you could say, okay, this week when we pray before bed, we're going to focus on Thanksgiving hmm. because you know maybe we're we're struggling with selfishness in our house, and this is part of our repentance. We're going to focus on Thanksgiving, or maybe. You know, maybe this week we're going to focus on praise. We're just going to, everybody's going to offer up a praise to God. Uh, not even for something, you know, because that can cross over into thankfulness and stuff. You know, praise God for my Playmobil. It, maybe it's, um, we, we say, no, we're, something about God. Praise God that you know everything. Mm. Because even adults, as adults, we often don't stop and, and go through, you know, the, the old acts um, paradigm of, of adoration, yep. confession, thanksgiving, mm-hmm. supplication. Even as adults, we drop out a couple of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, what a joy to be able to work with our kids and uh, teach them from a young age to think, oh, I should praise as well as confess. Right. I, I and, should... and it changes the, the uh, selfishness of our prayers too. Yeah. Where yeah, we, we be- help our kids become reflective Mm-hmm. On that God has answered prayers we've we've uh, asked for, things mm-hmm. we've asked for in the past. So which those, is good. Yeah, those. I mean, those are all elements that we we can we can pull in. Um, I'm trying to think of other practical things that we've done um, as a family. You know, personally, uh, we've mentioned before we've benefited quite uh, quite a lot from uh, Paul Miller's praying life. Mm-hmm. And he he goes into this a bit in the book, but in the video series, uh, which is strangely looks old, though I, I think it was only filmed in the in the nineties, uh, but it's been re-recorded from video ta- from VHS. It looks like on the on the DVD. Um, one of the things he really focuses on when he does it as a seminar is this system of praying where he uses index cards. And I, I, 
I know a lot of folks shy away from from methods, uh, but he talks about, and this really got me as I went through it, he talks about the relationship between prayer and story. Mm. That when you pray for someone, if you if you write it down, now as you go back to that, that list, whether that's on index cards or whether that's in a notebook or a journal, as you go back to that, or, you know, there's there are even some ways to do this. If you have the, the self-discipline, there are some very nice um, apps that sync uh, between all of your various platforms. There's one called Wonderlist. I believe it's W-U-N-D-R-L-I-S-T. Uh, mm. It's an app. It runs on PCs, Linux, Mac. It'll run on your Android phone, your iOS phone. Mm. But it's a very simple list, and you can use any list-making app to do this. I've just found this one, mm-hmm. where you will have your prayer list with you everywhere. Um, and you can do, you can apply this method that Paul Miller uses, which is story. So the first item is, is essentially, this is the first part of the story. And what you're doing when you pray is you're looking to God, and you're asking him, God, where's this story going? Mm. Where do you want this story to go? And so when you ask the question, where do you want this story to go, you you go to the scripture and you say, well, this person is um, uh, struggling with with greed. Okay, so you find a verse on greed and you, you write that in there on your card. And so now when you pray for them, you pray this verse for them and you're mm-hmm. looking forward to seeing what's happening. And then when you see That's great. them, you see them the next time you say, Hey, um, and by the way, if any of you are pastors, this is great. This works really, really well. When you go see people, if you pull out your prayer card or your prayer journal first and remind yourself of their story, then you're going in and you're, you're able to say, hey, what's new in the story? Um, hmm. I've been praying for you for this. You asked me to pray for you for this, and this is the verse I've been using. What's, uh, what's happening now? And uh, it's just I, I for me it, it just made sense. It was it was common. It was a common sense approach to prayer. And here's the reason I bring it up in this podcast. Uh, we had our older kids sit in for the for the Sunday school where we did this, and our mm. older kids just grabbed hold of it. They they thought because because they're they're um what do you call that? They're, it's tactile. Yes, they're like, yeah, give me some index cards. I want to do this, mm-hmm. and it and they were able to to link on to that and the idea of story and the idea of praying for people. And it's just really really neat to see the response of the kids in the class, whereas some of the adults were kind of hemming and hawing about, oh, you're gonna make, I don't, you know, honestly, a lot of adults we just don't want to pray, mm-hmm. um, you know. Here, the kids are showing them up. It's great. And it's one of the reasons that you've said this before, but it's something I want to try again because I think there were um, I, my three boys, the two older ones read, and the third one is uh, beginning is a beginning reader. You know, so I think that pulling out the missionary, you know, uh, letters is great because we get a, both of us probably get a good flow of them, and being able to lift those specific things up and have them have a sense that we're engaged with something bigger than the world is just great. Yeah. So yeah. that's a good thing to be able to do as well. I like that idea. Maybe as we close, just uh, just a little warning. <laughs> um, or or encur- 
a warning by way of encouragement. Uh, you don't, parents, you don't have to do all of this at exactly the same time. Right. <laughs> you know, that's one of the reasons I said, you know, this week we're going to focus on praise. Next week we'll focus on Thanksgiving because it's just, it's huge. It's, it's a mountain. Um, mm. it's a, is it a ziggurat? No, that would be the Tower of Babel. It's a ladder. It's a ladder. It's Jacob's ladder. This is, you know, this is how we communicate with God through prayer. And we want to see our kids growing in that. They're not going to grow in that if we are not growing in that. And being honest with them about, you know, mom and dad, we don't pray like we should. Can, you know, will you pray for mom and dad's prayers? Mm. Wow. You know, I talk about going into prayer, learning prayer from a young age with a uh, with a balanced perspective, with an understanding of their own sinfulness and how that relates to prayer. Mm. Um, That's good. So, I, I, I don't know, you have any warnings, any encouragements? That would well, be mine, is don't do it all. Part of it, part of it is don't be afraid to repent for you're not teaching your kids how to pray. Yeah, yeah. And to just say, mom and dad are weak at this. We want to grow in this too. And, and we really think this this is important. And even letting kids in on your own struggle, it, we I think we're still, we have to grasp the gospel more deeply. So we're okay letting our kids in on the struggle so that they're going to be okay with struggling with this for the rest of their lives and struggling well with the gospel about their own praying. So remember, even that, even the struggle is part of the discipleship of your kids. Yeah. The, the, uh, the Ligonier Ministries blog just recently did a series on family worship. Hmm. And at the end of it, uh, the author said, um, now some of you are wondering, how in the world am I going to do this? Yeah, I'm just thinking about your, you don't be afraid to repent <laughs> of right. not praying with your kids. Uh, you ask the question, how I'm going to do this because I'm so busy. I don't have time to do this with my kids. And I love, I absolutely love the author's um, response because this is what we need to hear. You ready for this? Stop ready. being busy. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Seriously, absolutely. this is what we need to do in this generation. If we're going to be Christians, we need to stop being so busy that we don't have time for God. Put God first. I, yeah, you don't, I said you don't need all that money. You don't need all that stuff. You need God. Uh, I was uh, I was talking to my or preaching my congregation a few weeks ago about the fact that God calls us into community. He calls us to to love one another, and that that takes a significant investment. That if we're actually going to follow Hebrews um, three to encourage one another every day, and what practically that would actually mean, um, I said for some of you this is impossible because of some of you guys. This is impossible because of your work. You should quit that job. It, there are jobs that prohibit us from actually fulfilling our responsibilities, and they're not a job that God wants you to have. He'll provide for you some other way. And some of us need to get <laughs> convinced that it's much more important that our children are raised the right way and that the lost are reached than we live at a certain standard of living. Yes. And we're not very convinced of that. Or that our kids have the opportunities we want them to have, or that they come out well-rounded. And so that that's, those are the actual things that animate family life instead of let's get to know God and try to be uh, people who are involved in having other people come to know him as well. Well, yeah, that That's actually what animates family life. That he is our God and we are his people. Yeah. That's family. Yep. 
Yeah. Well, very good. Uh, I hope you've benefited from listening to this today. I hope you are uh, actively pursuing your kids and prayer. We'll be back uh, next month to talk about the um, uh, the sacraments and how they relate to our kids. Uh, when when do we introduce our kids to the sacraments, and uh, and how that how that plays out in the in our life as a parent. Uh, until then. May the Lord richly bless you as you pursue him through his ordinary means.